Welcome back to your favorite contracts podcast. This is Tess Wilkinson-Ryan and Dave Hoffman at the University of Pennsylvania. Today we're talking about Lucy versus Zemmer. Zemmer says he was drunk and joking when he promised to sell Lucy the family farm. Is he stuck? Let's get started. I made no promises. I can't do golden rings, but I'll give you everything. Magic is in the air. Wait, before we get started, we should say something, which is that when we first recorded this, we had slides that we were looking at, and then we realized the slides were not that helpful. But every once in a while, we make a clicking noise, and we're looking at a slide. We'll try to figure out how to explain what's on the slides as we go. Sorry. Maybe I'll start by saying what I think, by priming the fact, I've primed the slides already, to say what I think is the most important thing about this case. Sounds great. It's that terrible, terribly rendered photograph of the actual contract. Yes. We hereby agree, so you can see that it's okay. So you can see that they have a back of a receipt. The parties wrote, we hereby agree to sell to, to W.O. Lucy, the Ferguson farm, title complete, or title satisfactory. And the parties all sign it, including the wife, including Mrs. Zemmer, right? Right. Okay, so let me tell you why I think that this is actually kind of an easy case. And then give me your conspiracy theory about Virginia lumber or something. All right, I say it's an easy case. What, why would they write this down? It's the most objective manifestation of assent. It's, an, it's a piece of, it's, it's a perfect piece of evidence for what they were trying to do. And it's a, um, and it's highly specific about what the parties should have understood about what the other person wanted. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> There's no world in which we're going to record these videos and not have like an animal or a child in the background. That's about right. an easy case this would be a super strange document for people who are joking to produce is that is that the best is that the best you have there <laughs> i have a lot of other slides <laughs> you're supposed to respond and then i bring my like oh i see thing. so i'm sorry i didn't realize that it was like a rope dope um so so you're you're your argument is that this uh, this restaurant receipt with like four lines on it is how you would proceed to sell a five hundred thousand dollar family farm. I mean, fifty thousand in 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 those days, you know, is like half a million or more today. And you're saying restaurant receipt, but I'm saying paper with writing and signatures. Yeah. 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 I'm saying that they know that there's a big deed of transfer deed paperwork coming later but so yeah that's right oh so how they commit themselves so you think this is like more like an agreement to agree <laughs> no i knew you were gonna say that and i definitely don't this is definitely agreement to do the thing so there's no other thing that's coming later that matters to the transaction I mean, there's a million details, like actually, like what are the boundaries, the meets and bounds, how does consideration get transferred, 
what happens if there's not a mortgage? What happens if the inspection goes bad? None of these details are here. This is a pretty unusual way to sell a huge property. And yet you think it's kind of like. And yet, okay, but it would ordinary. also. Be, I agree that it's not, although actually, I don't even agree with that because I actually have no idea about the historical context of what the writings would look like at the time, which I know isn't that long ago, but nor is it, I mean, whatever, this is what, the 50s? Yep. Um, so I actually don't know. I don't know how informal the real estate transactions would be in a, in a relatively small community, right? Yep. This is a, that's a t strikes me as a um, empirical question. Um, it's possible that this writing isn't usual for for this kind of transaction, but there's all kinds of things that would be that aren't usual, usual ways of, of communicating that would still be unequivocally interpret, best interpreted as some particular kind of manifestation. In this case, I say. I mean, I take it that nothing, the only reason why we're talking about this document is because in a prior set of dealings between the parties, they had a pretty similar conversation and the, the the suit failed for lack of a written product. So the um, this document, which you see as key to the case, is just basically a satisfaction of the statute of frauds. The the case, um, the analytics of the case, the parts that you know the, the students you guys just read, uh, really are about what was communicated orally and what wasn't. And this is this is really just gilding the lily. It, it satisfies the statute of frauds. You think it means something, although I think we both now agree that it probably, it's a pretty odd way to, uh, I see that look. Uh, it's a pretty odd way to, to manifest. Well, well, Ian, I don't agree to this. I, th I don't <laughs> think it's that odd. Like as if, if you are making, I mean, so if you take, if you take another, context of where people are doing in are, are sort of doing their best to approximate legal legal documents with when when they don't have attorneys present yeah um the wills context <laughs> this would be this is this is totally sensible as to what one thinks is what one comes up with when they're trying to make a document to sort of nail a couple things down. This, is, this strikes me as being totally sensible as a manifestation of assent in ways that I hear you on the rest of the conversation. I actually find this, this the document for me does a lot of work as the manifestation of assent. I don't. So you, well, I think, so the question is whether or not this written document that we're now looking at makes it more likely that we should, we should credit Lucy's version of the world, which is that they really were entering into a contractual arrangement. Yes. And for you, the fact that like, it's a little bit unusual in form, a little bit unusual in content, it, it doesn't mean that it's not probative. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it just is like, yeah, you're right. You know, it's not amazing, but it is, it is evidence that they meant to enter into a contract yes. and, and, not a, and not a joke and not like that they were, they were right. like, they were joshing the, each other. Right. As a joke, this does not land. It makes no sense as a joke. I, I mean, I, I guess, I, guess. I, I mean, I, I, it's hard to, of course, interpret drunk people's jokes when you're sober. 
Um, and I think that there's a part of the case that you know, we, we, you know, we can get to now or we can, we can postpone, which is that the, you know, the social context of them being drinking at a bar right before Christmas um, is one that makes it hard. I, I mean, it's a long time ago and they're not us and they were drunk. And it's hard to figure out what kind of jokes land and what they, what they look like. So what, in what context would you have your wife sign the joke? I mean, I think that, that many of us, probably not many of us who went to law school, really enjoyed the idea of elaborate pranks. That's a really risky prank. We don't know the people. And but all we know is, I mean, if we can maybe- We know there, about there, real estate transactions. And this looks nothing like one. I mean, I, it's actually not obvious to me that if, given what you've just um, said about the prior dealing, that this wouldn't have satisfied the statute of frauds in that case, right? No, this would have sat, this would of course satisfy the statute of frauds in that case. Right. That's true. That's true. All right. Like, I guess I can see- had an actual statute of frauds issue, issue before. I, and I can, no, no, look, I can see that the, the fact that they wrote down in this sort of highly legalized way in using this legal law language Here makes right. on one reading makes it seem like they're more they're more actually entering into a transaction now i i guess i'd say it could also if it had been a little bit more formal it might have gone the all the way through to the other side of the 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 path like if they'd used real law jargon witnesses you might have thought that that was kind of a bit of a a put on joke well witnesseth is always funny I, it's it's super funny. I use it all the time in normal conversation. Um, you know, I, I think that the fact that Lucy tried to give four, or whatever it was, a five dollar bill, or I yeah. think it was, um, and and Zemmer refuses to accept it is sort of p part and parcel of that conversation. Like Lucy's trying to add formality to make us feel like it's real. Zemmer, when when he's put to it. He said, you know, here, look, now we're really consummating the transaction where we're, we're transferring consideration. He says, no, it's a joke. I mean, what shouldn't we take from that, that the, 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 he thought of this piece of writing as a, um, a long con. To what end? What would be the con? What does Zemmer get out of this? I, again, I, I just really worry about us trying to pull from from um, a, a, a culture and time which is hard for us to sort of understand and, and two drunk guys at night, what did he hope to get out of it? I mean, he was, he was in it for the, do people say the lulls? It's very unclear that he was in it. He was in it just to enjoy himself. I guess, I guess what I would say though, which is what I have said to students is in other contexts is that like, yeah, go ahead and be in it for the lulls if you want, but that's, you're taking, you, you do that fully appreciating the risk that you're going to be interpreted to be in it to transfer some land. Okay. I mean, sure. So I, I, I say the same thing. I, I, to, I totally, I agree that like contract law doesn't appreciate your jokes and um, you know, you can laugh all that you want, but at the end of the day, contract call is going to laugh at you. Um, but the, the, I guess I'd say the only, the only thing I want to push back a little bit is, of course, Lucy's led 
Zimmer down the primrose path here, right? So he's come to the restaurant with his, his witness and his bottle of whiskey. And he set up the conditions under which he's going to entrap Zimmer into a, um, a terrible mistake. Um, and I, I wonder whether or not, why, why is it the law didn't pay attention to that, um, the entrapment part of the case? Well, okay, sorry. I think I, I'm gonna, um, I will go to the next Great. slide. I think I put your, okay, this is this, hang on. I don't know. Yeah, there, there it is, top of the top of the screen. I know, but do you not see, for me, our faces are. Oh, I'm not sure if our faces are in the wrong, you mean they're. Well, I don't think we have a choice about this. We just go, all right. Yeah. Okay. Um, he took the employee yep. to um, Zemmer's restaurant. Right. Right? Right. Talked to Mrs. Zemmer, asked if he sold the Ferguson farm. Lucy said, I bet you wouldn't take 50,000 for that place. Zemmer right. That works out a lot better if you use sort of like a half drunk accent. Wait, are you telling me that Lucy is supposed to seem drunk now? I think he's supposed to pretend to be drunk when Zemmer actually you is think drunk. Lucy is pretending to, okay. Zemmer, doesn't Zemmer own this tavern? Well, like it says right. he lives and operated it. Operated yeah. the restaurant, filling station and motor court. Yeah. So I don't know what you're talking about entrapment for. Like he's, someone came to his place of business where he routinely welcomes. With, with, a flask, with a flask of whiskey and a witness. Who does that? Well, but doesn't Summer have his own whiskey? I mean, probably. But he was really trying to loose him up. He was only as high as like a North Carolina pine. High as a, whatever. High Georgia. two doggone foon, fools bluffing or whatever. They yes. are, yeah, they are... That's sort of rich for someone who wrote a contract that said, we hereby agree. Title no, 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 no. Lucy wrote that contract, didn't he? Hmm. Zemmer took a restaurant check and wrote in the back of it. I do. Well, that's a fair agree. point. It, it, it's amazing I said that considering the actual language is right in front of us on the page. Okay, this is a great argument for going back to the language of the case. Um, I do hereby agree to sell to W.O. Lucy, the Ferguson farm for $50,000 complete. What do you think they complete even know what complete is? Yeah, what is complete? Well, I don't know. Maybe you get the buildings and the stuff on it? That's probably right. Lucy I, told him to ch better change it to we, because Mrs. Ember would have to sign it too. If you had to get your wife involved, if you had to get your spouse involved at that point, aren't you like, wait a minute. Well, Instead of going over to your wife and being like, sign this, I have a hilarious joke. Right. Right, exactly. Look, I, I agree that at some level he has to take responsibility for his own tomfoolery. However, it does, I mean, it, it, it's never made me feel great about the case that Lucy shows up at night, on, right before the holiday, with a witness, in, in a, with a background where they've had these, he's reneged before, and you have the sense that he's like, I'm going to get him this time, that wily coyote. Oh, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to finally, I'm going to finally get him entrapped in my, in my web of my Entrapped, snare. entrapped my is not the word we want here. Okay. First of all, it's the 20th. It's five days before Christmas. It's not like Christmas Eve or something. It's not like it's the time where you have to be buying gifts. That's a very fraught time. 
Okay, one. Two, it's eight o'clock. It's not midnight. Three, it's eight o'clock at Timeout. It's eight o'clock. They had just basically invented electricity. It's much closer to midnight than it is now. It's not like it's he's not like he's operating. He's Zemmer is at work. This is not a situation where they're knocking on Zemmer's door, waking him up from his bed, and being like, "I have a hilarious joke for you." While Zemmer's putting on the the whale oil candles and about to turn <laughs> over the coverlets and 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 go to bed. I don't think that. I mean, it's December twentieth. Can you imagine, I mean, just imagine the scene, like it's, students, it's- Our students will have exams typically yes. at that point of the semester. Why would you bring that up right now? <laughs> Do you think anyone listening to this wants to hear about exam talk? It is still relatively early in the semester. My point is that December 20th is not like a special confusing date for people who are gonna, like you're basically making some kind of like an undue influence yeah. argument. Like, <laughs> No, or a duress argument. Yeah. No, 8 p.m. at a place of work, a place where, I might add, business takes place. Yeah. Why do you think he brought or up the witness with like him? Business mindset. Why do you think he brought the witness with him? I like to call him an employee, but I agree. That part's yeah. bad. Yeah. Why is it bad? Um, yeah, that part seems like he's got, he goes there thinking he's going to be able to, I mean, I don't know. Though. No, no, it's two things. He thinks he wants to make an enforceable contract and he's not sure that, that, that anything Zemmer's slippery and maybe not really believe in the thing. So he wants to have some objective observer. Now the thing that's funky is the witness doesn't even testify in the case. Yeah. Well, Why? She- Probably we should think the witness was fired by, by Lucy later and had a totally different recollection of the events. Like Lucy told him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to entrap this guy. Um, what they also could just been going to a tavern for a drink or whatever you do at his tavern. He took an employee at eight o'clock at night to where Zimmer was with a bottle of whiskey with him. Where does it say the part about not on this particular page, but somewhere else in the case? He says he brought whiskey with him. It might have been a BYO. Tess, (laughs) Mr. Wilkinson Ryan, that is outrageous. It's outrageous. I'm gonna find what, claim. Let's find out what the liquor laws were. That's what we're going to do is find out what the liquor laws were in Virginia this time because it might have been a dry town or something where you had to, I don't know what, that, what the rules are. My point is the only, the one piece that you're, the one thing you're saying that suggests someone trying to exploit the rules. Yes. Is to me. Which, is, which is, is to say that. You right, could, and, and just we, people go to taverns with employees because maybe their employees are also their friends. That seems like a bad idea. The, the rule is that, that Lucy has mm-hmm. to so believe that it's a real contract, not merely that an objective person would believe. So obviously Zemmer doesn't have to believe. The court says it doesn't matter if Zemmer was yeah. really secretly joking. But Lucy has to believe, and I've always taught this case, that if you want to press on the case, it's whether Lucy really believed that they were engaging in a contract. And I worry that Lucy has so gilded the lily. He's brought a witness. He's all ready to go. The next day, a suit, I mean, this is, occurs on a Sunday, I think. On Monday, he runs to his lawyer's office and says, quick, Jimmy, let's, I mean, the lawyer's name's not Jimmy, but it could be. Quick, Jimmy, let's quick formalize this sucker up because we know, we, we know that Zemmer is about to try to escape obligation because Zemmer doesn't think it's a real deal. Or it could be that in line with your own contentions from earlier, that you go to the lawyer the next day because you think, um, I know how hard it is to transfer land. And if I want this land transferred, we better get on it. 
I just think the, the natural that, that, reading that evidence goes both ways. I think the natural reading of this case is this person's like a used car salesman, except that he's buying land. Well, okay, and just to be just for for students who don't know this, it, it, he does end up. It, it does turn out to, that the land is much much more valuable, right, because of the minerals or lumber or timber or something. Yes, the land turned out to be valuable not as a farm but as a right. Right. Natural resources. Right. He's getting an amazing deal. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to the next slide to see what's. That's not helping. No, it doesn't help at all. Okay. Sorry. Okay. This. Oh, this is this one's for me. I think. Right. Yeah. This one's helpful for you. Yeah. Okay. The fact that it was under discussion for 40 minutes or more before it was signed. Long con. <laughs> Look. I would like to point out that a long con is not the same thing as. A joke. A long con has a goal at the end where you get something. <laughs> Your understanding of, like, it might, there's a, there's a, there's a committing to a bit, right? And what you're suggesting is Zemmer has committed to the bit. Yes. Okay. I just, I think that we can all, I think we should just agree that you should not commit to the bit where the bit is, I am um, agreeing to this contract. No. I mean, I, I agree that in retrospect, it was, it was an error. Yeah. Yes, all of these are good facts for you. Can we move on to the next page? Mm. So the court says. This one's for me. This one's for me. Not only did Lucy actually believe, but the evidence shows that he was warranted in believing. Right. So if I were a student at home watching this right now, which I hope someone will be, I would like someone to raise their hand if they think Lucy actually thought he was really buying the land. See, no one's hands up, Professor Wilkins. <laughs> no why no one's hands up. It's, the reason why no one's hands up is because... That's too he, recursive of a question. Because not only did he believe that the contract represented a serious business transaction, like... What represents a serious business transaction is writing stuff on paper. Like, he doesn't have to believe the other party is thrilled about it, right? I Don't think some he, of no, 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 that can't be right. So let's just say Zemmer had come to him, literally walked to him and said, you know what? I'm engaging in what we call a bit. <laughs> some people call it a con, but obviously that's not the right usage. Some people might also call it, uh, what's it, like a... Um, gag, running gag? a running gag, a shtick. <laughs> he says, I'm, I'm just joking here. We're just joshing like guys josh. We used to say those things. And Lucy says, yes, I confirm that I understand that your state of mind is that you do not believe we are engaged in a contract. But I think we're engaged in a real agreement. That wouldn't work, right? If he's been informed that if he knows or has reason to know that that Zemmer thinks that this is a uh, 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 a bet between yes. drunk guys. Okay. Yeah. So the, I mean, I the, I, the real question is whether or not he, whether whether Lucy actually believed or was warranted in believing that Zemmer was engaging, didn't believe it was a deal. And I agree that lots of evidence is on your side, but the fact that Zemmer, the fact that Lucy rather is a used car salesman in Trapper. I think is good evidence for me that uh, the deal was, was, was fixed. I think that the, the situation you're describing, I agree. If you say, this is all a joke, everything that's about to happen is a joke. Correct. And you do a bunch of things where you sign contracts. Right. I take it that that's a problem. 
given the quality of the evidence that Zemmer's state of mind was essential or whatever, that he was manifesting assent via the contract, via the writing, I think the, stand, the, the standard, of, we require something extraordinarily clear to rebut that, is my view. Every, nobody ever knows what someone else believes. Right. Right? right. Like, you're always... No, I agree that the case at the end of the day is like a thumb on the scale for contract. That if you want out, you have to, you have to really signal in super clear ways that you want out. That's, well, it's not actually it's quite... Carpet. Contract's a tar pit. What? You can't get out. You can't no. get out of the tar pit. No, do not say that because I literally have a thing in class I say to my students who should be listening to this, which is that you don't trip and fall into contracts. And now, you envision, now I'm envisioning them tripping and falling into contracts and being in a tar pit. <laughs> I can't get out. That's what this is. Poor Zimmer walking down the street and <laughs> thinking he's making jokes. Who hasn't had a joke gone wrong? And there he is stuck into a deal. There are some things, though, that I would value so much that I kind of make sure, like one of the reasons that you, I think it's actually reasonable to think that most people aren't going to be that reckless with their yes. real problem. It's like making jokes about a bomb at an airport. Yeah, don't do that. Exactly. Don't exactly. make jokes about contract law. Here, wait, we got to go to the next slide. I can't remember what's on this. Oh yeah, wait, I do have a, I do, okay, so I have always thought that this $5 situation yeah. was um, just nonsense, like someone misunderstanding what consideration does. Isn't it awesome? It's like there's like a, um, a lay, sort of a persistent lay view about what consideration is that, you know, is, um, I once read this really great book, which I've, I think I've recommended to you before, called The Cheese and the Worm, which is about um, pre-medieval, um, th there's like a, a, a miller in Italy in, in like 1300 who's arrested for heresy. And he's, the Inquisition basically records his interrogation. And in the interrogation, it turns out he has his own cosmology about like where God comes from, which he says is like worms coming out of, angels are like worms coming out of cheese in a sort of a um, spontaneous way. Don't look at me. This is going to work really well. As an right, right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. And the point of the book, which is an amazing sort of book about sort of um, social history, is that the, um, there was this um, persistent, um, pre-literate oral tradition of paganism that sort of coexisted with medieval Christianity at the same time. And unless you had this interrogation, you would never know about it, that there's like a high culture version of what religion is. And then there's a um, sort of a, a regular as it's practiced. And this a folk, basically folk Christianity, um, which, is, which is unearthed with this amazing interrogation. And this is folk consideration theory, is yeah. that you have Although these thing it's the wrong person. Oh, it's totally insane. No, no, no it's, it's, it's all wrong. It's, it's, I mean, it's loose. It's right. It's presumably the more sophisticated actor. But I mean, he's more sophisticated relatively, but sort of yes. there's this idea and he thinks it means, I mean, they both have the idea that it's performatively important, even though of course you, the law students understand this is irrelevant. Like the fact that they exchange the dollar or don't exchange dollar doesn't matter because they've, the bargain for exchange in the deal. This is a classic natural consideration you don't need to do the five dollars so here you have the more sophisticated land speculator 
and the less sophisticated bar owner, but also owner of a huge parcel of land in Virginia, have this view about what consideration is, which involves like the transfer of money, which is insane. But it's like this folk view of law that even that even in the fifties, a big commercial transaction was thought to be meaningfully sealed with it. I love I love this part of the case, and I think it works really well with my theory, of, of course. I don't even. I would need. To. Next time I'll have the book in front of me. But Zemmer says what? He said when he gets to the $5. There's no way I'm not taking it. This whole thing's a joke. He says and this whole thing's a joke right then or just no, I'm not taking it. I, I, it's hard for me to recall what the actual language is. I know. It would help to have that. Well, this is a good moment for students to go both better and smarter than us. And yeah, also, we'll find out. why yeah. don't they just say it out loud to themselves? <laughs> I mean, the interesting thing, well... So the, the, the counterpoint to this $5 situation for me, one of the counterpoints is that if you can think is that you have this folk theory of contract that involves consideration apparently, which is sort of an interesting, like, cause it's, it's one rung above, right? I did before I could law school, I didn't know what consideration was, but, but wouldn't you have thought that like exchanging some money was a thing that people did as part of the deal, no. like spitting on their hands? What? No, that's different. That's gross. But, but that's also different. That's symbolic. You've no never way. done that. You know, like a, you spit in your hands and you, Oh, Definitely not. That's not yeah. Also, it's like a very... Well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're watching, they're watching this in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the, the, the money okay. doesn't contain germs. All right, go ahead. They're, they, they Venmo in the end. That's these. Oh, thank God. <laughs> okay. The, okay, but this does raise a point for me about the original about the original contract which is if there's any folk the if there's any persistent folk theory of what counts as legally binding it's it's signatures yes and we that, have found that in our research indeed yes perhaps i'll make a little pop-up citation can you do that um i personally cannot but my, one of my kids shows me there's a way to do effects in zoom maybe we could have like like a pop-up head right now the first <laughs> pop-up ssrn <laughs> <laughs> the 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 signatures I find extremely compelling because whatever else you think about the joke, signing stuff is probably what most people believe is no joke. No joke. Yep. 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 Um, okay, hang on. I'm gonna go to the next slide. Oh, so boring. So much text. This is, I know. Okay, sorry. I I did sort of think it was interesting that these two things that these two formulations actually come to from different points the mental assent of the parties is not requisite versus an agreement or mutual assent is of course essential but like it's sort of an interesting way to get they're coming to the wrong place like, like i have often had this as a as a sort of a problem or whatever with first for when i'm teaching assent before where i've been trying to say to students something along the lines of actually meeting of the minds is the gold standard Yes. That's actually what you're looking for. That's why restatement 201 and 21, the ones that, the ones that say like, yeah. if you have a bunch of objective evidence that these, that, that says to you something is that these parties aren't on the same page, but they, but they're telling you, no, we it's weren't. The gold standard, but like, it's so hard to achieve that like yeah. the law keeps having to disclaim that it really is the gold standard. Exactly. Exactly. We, no one could possibly do this. And so, but yes. Yes. I mean, I myself sort of prefer the second. The second. You prefer the second, in part because the first one has nine different double negatives. <laughs> True. Right. The idea is like, look, this is what we're looking for, but FYI, we're going to find it. 
if you act yeah. like it's there. Right, 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 right. All right. Oh, this is, the court does not agree with you. No. But they really probably were wrong on the facts here. Yeah, probably correct. Right. right, there was, I mean, the farm, and it was assessed for taxation at $6,300. Just. I mean, everyone knows that that's a crazy, it's crazy, I don't know how to say it. No, our old, yes, uh, Philadelphia, any number of uh, municipalities have had this issue of um, the tax of the um, value of the house um, being bordering on unrelated to the. I mean, th look, th there obviously is sharp practice here, so yeah. this feels a little overclaiming. This feels and maybe a maybe a little bit like um, um, a little protest too much. Yeah, I would be good with no fraud, good with no misrepresentation, and maybe even good with no dealing between unequal parties. I'm fine with all that stuff. I think it's just sharp, sharp practice. practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's definitely sharp practice. The purchase price. I mean, right. And this, and this, the numbers here. No, it's all bad. I think it's fine to say, look, this is actually super valuable land. And this like, yeah. I think they're just trying to make people feel better with this slide. This is a bad slide for, for you. <laughs> oh, darn, it's the last slide here. Huh. Um, so what do you, what's your take home message for the case? Don't joke with contract law. Because we're supposed to, this is like the idea of these, of these videos is going to be, we're going to try to like help students say like, what was the one thing you were supposed to learn or maybe some ways to think about it. What's your, what's your message from the great old chestnut of Lucy versus Zemmer, which almost every law student in the country ever reads. Okay. I say Lucy versus Zemmer is actually, dis, is actually the same as um, Embry. Yes. It's the same, yeah. it is the same case and both cases are saying we're not, we contract law are not set it creating a, a situation in which you might trip, uh, wander, you know, be wandering along and accidentally trip into a major legal obligation. <laughs> right. Right. However, you are bound by the basic, by sort of the, something stable about human communication. You do have to ask, what do other people think I'm doing right now, especially when you start making contract noises, right? right? In Embry, there's a, can I have a contract? If someone says, can I have a contract? You don't get to respond, yeah, I guess, right? Yeah. At that point, if you don't guess, you have to say so. So I think that's, I agree with that side of the case. I think it's like a, the Zemmers of the world need to be careful about the noises they emanate. Um, that's true. And then the other part of the case, which I think is easy, harder, and which is a little bit unlike Embry. So em I think they're the exact same case with just different facts, except that in Embry, it's, it, it, it doesn't feel like um, Embry himself was trying to put contractual obligation sort of thrusted upon the Hargadine folks, that he was in a real pickle. Yeah. Here, Lucy, I, you know, I worry. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't believe no, I got you. Yeah. I don't believe all the things I said, but I do think Lucy's engaging in some sharp practice, right? So, the, and the case has this language, it's a consumer protection language, which is like, and he has to so believe, and Lucy has to so believe, and Embry has to so believe. Right. Yeah. The, the promisor, I'm sorry, the promisee has to actually believe in their own case. And why does that language exist? In part, it's to avoid embarrassment for the legal system. We don't want to have fake cases that are really only existing in the, in the objective state of mind. They don't exist in either party's state of mind. And we don't want parties to be kind of thrusting contracts on other people for exactly the reason you suggested. We don't want people to be trapped in deals. And here, I guess there's an argument. It's not a very good argument, but there is an argument that Lucy didn't believe it. That, or, or that he thought 
he was creating obligation in the circumstances where it wasn't so obvious that Zimmer thought there was obligation. Now, at the end of the day, like Zimmer's a, you know, has to be responsible for his own mistakes. I agree. You don't make jokes about contract law, or if you do, you have to be super careful about them. I agree. Or at least a teeny bit careful. I mean, I agree with the result. It's all fine. But I do think that you could imagine dissent in the case. And the dissent would start at 7.45 on a late night right before Christmas. Christmas. You know, W.O. Lucy. What's happening? W.O. Lucy, you know, began his corrupt plan to (laughs) seize the Ferguson estate by asking his employee to join him on a on a classic entrapment into contract. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying how the dissent would start. I don't. I no, wouldn't. I, I mean, wouldn't have the dissent. The one. The in, I mean, one interesting thing that comes from your from your repeated invocation of used car salesmen mm-hmm. is that is that you might think as a contract matter this case is easy, but as a consumer protection matter, we would make a different choice, right? So, so in fact, for most car purchases, you have a requirement of a cooling off period where you get to, where you have three days to say, to back out, right? That's, those are, those are sort of regulated deals. Right. And, and the way that, the way that the sort of, you gotta go to your thing, the, the, ra- the way that this is regulated, the way that um, land transfers are constrained is by the statute of frauds. But I mean, you, you might think that there should be more. You might think there should be more. And you might think that contract law ought, ought not to have such rigid boundaries between what its sphere of protection is and what the regulated sphere of protection is. You could imagine a contract law that said, you know, sharp practice, we don't have to accept sharp practice. Or maybe there's some defense to obligation based on undue influence, which is a doctrine we might or might not learn during the course. Yeah. I think All right. All right. Awesome. Awesome. One in the, one in the can? In the can? Is that okay? Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I thought that was good. Okay. We can use that actual video. We can use the actual video. Right? I think this is, I think that's exactly the goal, right? Yeah. Just sort of like have fun. Yeah. And, and, and they may listen to us on double speed for, I mean, because, but. That's fine. Well, this would be hard to hear me on double speed, but yeah. Um, All right. I'm going to, I'll. Yeah. I'm going to email Greg and. uh, All right. I got to get to it. Bye. Yeah. Bye.